Thank you for listening to A Call to Freedom, the audio podcast of Freedom Ministries Church located in Apopka, Florida. I'm Pastor Freddie Fillmore Sr., and I want to welcome you to our church. You can watch our broadcast online every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can also join us for Shabbat prayer every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Bible study at 7 p.m. on Thursday. For more information on how to watch or to submit a prayer request, please visit our website, acalltofreedom.com, or visit us on social media. The information is also listed in the show notes to this podcast. It is my desire that the message this week blesses challenges and encourage you in your walk of faith. Thank you again for joining us and I pray you enjoy the word. Welcome to another broadcast from Freedom Ministries Church here in Apopka, Florida, where our pastor is Freddie Fillmore Sr. My name is Brother Paul and I'm one of the ministers here at the church. And in addition to these Sunday services, we also have Shabbat prayer on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. and Bible study on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Now today we will be continuing a series, a sermon series on 2020 vision, part two, accurate and correct. And our scripture text will be 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. That's 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, not to be confused with 1 Corinthians. We're gonna be in the Old Testament. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your holy presence right now in the precious name of Jesus, your son. And Lord, as we often come before your presence, we do so so that we can hear from you. Uh, if, if we never needed a word before, we, we need a word right now. We're hearing from so many different sources, but Lord, we really need to hear from you. We recognize that you are all knowing and all powerful, and you are the creator of everything and the sustainer of everything. So because of that, Lord, it's our prayer that your will would be done and your kingdom would come to rule and reign supreme here on this earth and in us, just as your will is done in heaven. So as you speak to us, Lord, we, we want to get a, a personal word because you, I believe you are speaking directly to each and every one of us as well as corporately. And Lord, we don't want to just gain information, but as we get your word, we want to apply it to our lives. So once again, we ask these things in your son, Jesus' name, amen. In the fall of 2019, I believe God was giving me some messages concerning the year 2020 being a year of specific vision. So when January of this year came around, I started hearing other ministers speaking about this year 2020 being a year of vision. And immediately out of the mouths of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. I believe God is speaking to us. And I can almost hear him say, like on the commercial, can you hear me now? He knows exactly how to get our attention. Now for us in the body of Christ, 
It should be a year of seeing clearly and having the best vision. Now in the first sermon of this series, we noted that hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is the understanding of a situation or an event only after it has happened or developed. Also made note of that 2020 is normal vision or good vision, but it's not the best vision. It's only average, it's what the average person can see. Actually, 2010 is the best vision. Now remember, good is the enemy of the best. We reference that in hindsight, Joseph and his brothers could clearly see the hand of God in their saga. If you remember, Joseph and his family were living in Egypt and in the land of Goshen and everything was going well. But his brothers had this issue. They knew how they treated Joseph. They knew that they were the ones that sold him into slavery. So when their father Jacob died, they started getting worried. They were fearful because they thought at any moment Joseph was going to exact revenge on them. But to their surprise, Joseph said something that just shocked them. And it's worth us noting. He said, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. You see, sometimes God allows things that aren't good to us to be good for us. And we're talking about vision, accurate and correct vision. Because vision is only as significant or as important as it is accurate and correct. I must admit, I was really excited about this 2020 vision because. I thought that it meant that I would see clearly a vision of a future that was filled with prosperity, favor, blessings, all this stuff, protection. And so when the first quarter of this year came around, things were going great. My health started improving. Uh, my business was taking off and it looked like we were just really going to expand to where we were just going to need extra help. My future was so bright that I thought I had to wear shades. Then the coronavirus, COVID-19 arrived. And shortly after, we had to change our lifestyles. Uh, we couldn't fellowship the way we were accustomed to fellowship and coming to church like we wanted to. Uh, you know, matter of fact, they told us that we should stay home unless we had an essential business. They wanted us to, to quarantine. And we had to get introduced to some new phrases like social distance, two words that don't normally go together. Uh, we couldn't find hand sanitizer, disinfectant sprays, even toilet paper. And if you did, it's usually people fighting over it. But then there was another phrase that became to ring loud in our consciousness, the Black Lives Matter. That spoke once again to the injustices and the corruption, the racist, the systemic policies and practices that are perpetrated by our various police departments and government, and even some hateful private citizens that feel they have the right and the authority to enact whatever heinous crimes that they want to, including murder, in broad daylight while being video recorded. 
But both of these major events, the COVID-19 pandemic and the resurgence of Black Lives Matter movement, and by the way, Black Lives Always Matter, but that's another subject. Along with our normal issues, the scandals of the day, the, the corruption, relationships, the issues of poverty and unemployment, education, health care, and because of the timing of this year, even the politics. And yes, I said politics. All these things cause us to realign our focus. Now I say us and our, but I'm really talking about me and my focus. Even though I do believe that many of us in the body of Christ have allowed ourselves to be distracted by recent events, how they make us feel, even though it's a justifiable anger, and how now we focus our priorities and our thoughts. But I'm specifically talking about our attitude and our actions. After all, who or what is our real source? Who is our solution? Who do we rely and depend on? Here to tell you that Jesus is still the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. And God does not change, nor is he diminished. And neither did God's message to me change about this being a year of vision. It's just that I left off a very important part about this message about vision. I left off the accurate and the correct portion of the vision. And I also chose to shift my focus from him to the other things that I saw, the things that I heard, the things that I felt. Now when I speak about accurate vision, I'm talking about what and where I am looking. Where's my aim? You know, I like to, to visit and support our, our kids, our grandkids and their events. And this one particular time I went to a football game to support my grandson. Now I know what my grandson looks like. He's my grandson. I know his team colors. I, uh, I know his, his, his number that he wears. But actually for the first few moments, because when I arrived at the game, the game had already started, so it was already in progress. But when I got and sat down, I was actually rooting for the wrong person. Because what I didn't realize was that both teams had the same color jerseys. Both teams had a player with the same number on it. Both teams had this black young man playing the same position. So when I was rooting for the wrong team, I didn't realize that I was rooting for the wrong person. Why? Because my, my focus, I was highlighting the wrong person. Now when I'm talking about correct vision, I'm saying through the lens that I'm looking through. You've heard of the expression, rose-colored glasses. If I'm, these glasses that I'm wearing, if they were rose-colored and I'm looking at a white wall, that wall, from my perspective, would appear to be rose-colored. Or if I had spots on my lenses, everywhere I looked, I would see spots. You know, personally, I went a long time with incorrect vision. Um, my normal wasn't correct. 
at a distance of maybe 20, 30 yards, if I looked out at a tree, I would see the tree trunk and I would see the green blur of the leaves. But when I got glasses, these corrected vision, now when I look out at a tree trunk at the same distance, now I see individual leaves. I see details on the branches. You see, that was my normal. And we have things that we call habits and traditions. That's what we normally do. Our habits is what we normally do. And our traditions are things that we have normally passed down. But our habits and traditions are not always correct. Spiritually, my thoughts about vision are not always correct because what and where I'm looking at. It may be a good vision, or in my case, it was, I thought it was good enough, but it was not a God vision. Is it all good or is it all God? Now, when you're really seeking God, he will often show you, you. You know, that's that vision, that revelation, that's, it's a scrutinized examination. You may come to him with all of your accolades. You know, you may be educated and you, you come to him with your degrees and your experience, your titles, your status. But he will still reveal to you the truth and show you you. I know a lot of married people can identify with this. How many times have you, as a married individual, went to God about your spouse for God to fix them? And then God ends up speaking to you about you. Ouch! <laughs> and then from another standpoint, I'm, I'm also reminded of Elijah. This is speaking from your perspective. Remember Elijah after facing off against the 450 prophets of Baal and Jezebel's an additional 400 prophets at Mount Carmel? Great victory. God showed up and showed out. King Ahab told his wife Jezebel, and she was hot. She was mad and she, for all practical purposes, she put a hit out on Elijah. And when the news got to him, he was so dejected, he was so discouraged, he was really in deep depression. And from his perspective, and I believe when he said this, when he was talking to God, I believe he really meant it. When he was talking to God, he said that he was the only godly prophet left. And God said, no, no, no. I got, I got 7,000 more that haven't bowed the knee. I got 7,000 more that have not compromised. But you see how we can get our vision distorted based on where we're looking and how we're looking. So my thoughts about vision was not correct because of where I was looking, the lens that I was looking through, especially during these last times, seeing how our people are being treated. So I was looking through the lens of being a victim being attacked and taken advantage of, falsely accused. I was looking through the lens of being unfairly and unjustly treated and judged. And even though all these things are true, I made two critical errors. I shifted my focus onto the problem and making the problem bigger than what it is. You know, the more you focus on something, 
the more you magnify it, the more you rehearse it, it becomes bigger and bigger. We call that magnification like microscopic. When you take something and you blow it up. And that's what I was doing. And the second error that I made, I was ignoring the fact and the truth that I'm a child of God, almighty God, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am more than a conqueror. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And this life which I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when God shows you you, when he shows us us, we have a choice. We can either agree with him and say yes and amen, or we can deny, ignore, reject him. We can justify our attitudes and our behavior. The choice is up to us. You know, it's one thing because I really miss the fellowship. And it's one thing to go to church. And it's another thing to be the church. I must admit that my flaws showed up. They were revealed to me in the absence of the fellowship. There's a reason why the scripture tells us to neglect not the assembling of ourselves as a manner of some is. Because when we come together, we encourage each other. We, we give each other strength and we build up each other. Uh, we get correction. You know, we come to worship together. There's, there's so many positive benefits from coming together. But it's all right to miss the fellowship but what's less, if you don't have the fellowship, is what's manifest. Your integrity, your character, who you really are. What do you do and how do you think and what do you feel when no one is around, when you're isolated, when everything is stripped away and it's just you and God, and when you're broken and exposed? And by the way, that's right where God wants you. I can hear him say again, can you hear me now? You know, here in the United States, we think this is a great nation. Well, some people think it's a great nation. And yet, God could use a virus if he wanted to, to cripple us. And there's no stimulus package or military actions that could build us up. And no medical vaccines or legal solutions can deliver us. Let's get to the word. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It's going to be referencing the sons of Issachar or the children of Issachar. Now let me just lead up to that point. This is a chapter that lists David's mighty men, his personal army. And this is when all of David's supporters gathered at Hebron. And just prior to this in 1 Chronicles chapter 10 verses 13 and 14, King Saul had died. And then as we moved on into chapter 11 verses 1 and 2, David becomes king over all of Israel. Because just prior to this, David had only ruled over Judah for seven and a half years. 
Next, we have a record of David's mighty men and their, ex their exploits, all the things that they accomplished. And then that takes us right to our main scripture here. And it says, And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren at their commandment. The children of Issachar, that was the tribe of, of Jacob or Israel, that was part of David's mighty men, but they had a distinction. It says that they were men that had understanding of the times. And that word understanding is benign, which means insight. They had the, the capacity to gain, here again, that accurate and deep, intuitive understanding. They were prudent. They acted with and they showed care and thought for the future. They were wise and discreet. They were sober and careful to provide for. They were intelligent. They knew how to, and they had the ability to acquire knowledge and special skills. They reasoned, they discerned, they observed, they paid attention to. Bottom line, they understood what time it was. So it says they had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do or what Israel should do. And that word know is yada. It means to perceive, to be acquainted with, and to be aware of. They were correct. They understood the public affairs and the temperament of the nation and the tendencies of their present events. And they showed their wisdom during this time. They had adhered themselves to King Saul while he lived because they knew it wasn't David's time to take possession of the kingdom. Even though he had been anointed king, it wasn't time yet. And then later on, they didn't join David while Abner lived because Abner had commandment of the other tribes. But when the time was right, they aligned themselves with David. They would discern and embrace the appropriate season for all of their actions. They demonstrated God's vision. And it's as if their motto was, choose to do now what you will be happy with later on. I'll say that again. Choose to do now what you will be happy with later on. Which means that they didn't always like it. It didn't always feel good. And it didn't mean that they didn't have a right to do certain things. They didn't have a just cause to assert what they really wanted to. No, all this stuff was true. It's just that, and, and even when they wanted to align with David earlier, but it wasn't God's time. They didn't allow or permit their circumstances to cause them to be distracted from that accurate vision or their justified feelings to distract them from a correct vision. In this climate that we're living in today, we can be so frustrated, I know. We can be hurt and angry and tired and sick and tired, so much so that we only see the problem. We only focus on the problem, or that we only look to human solutions 
But Jesus is still the answer. And God is still our hope. He still reigns supreme. Remember Humpty Dumpty? Sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. We got a lot of king's horses and king's men trying to put things back together, to put things right. We, we think that there's a, a, a human solution to the ills of man. It's sin. Anytime we go away from God, God is the solution. We have to go back to him. Uh, we're doing things, people saying we should do this, we should do that. We're marching in the streets and protesting. And yes, I've, I've had my share of marching. I have protested in these recent events. I've even given financially to support some of the causes. But what we really want is justice. But guess who's the judge? You know, we're, it's, it's almost as if we're looking to the people that cause this problem to fix this problem. We want to put our trust in the same people that lied to us the first time to just dress it up and lie to us again. So my question is, who is crying out to God? And who is looking, expecting him to answer? I, I believe people are crying out to God, but are you really expecting him to answer? If the weatherman said it was going to rain and you really believed that, you would bring your umbrella with you because you were expecting rain. Remember when the saints had been praying for Peter? He had been locked up in jail and they were praying for his release. And when he was delivered, come knocking on the door, they didn't even believe it. They defiantly didn't believe it. They said, no, it's his ghost. It's not him. And yet they were passionately crying out for the thing. God reacts to our pursuit of him. Yes, he has compassion on us. He sees our pain and our problems, but he reacts to our pursuit. Second Chronicles 7.14, very familiar passage, says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. First of all, he's talking about my people. Wait a minute, I actually skipped the biggest word probably in this paragraph, which is really the smallest word, if. If my people, not the world, but if my people would humble themselves. I believe we have a lot of God's people that aren't humble and pray and seek my face not my hand not what I can bless you with how many people are just seeking a relationship with God and turn from their wicked ways not us we don't have wicked ways we're saved we're born again we've been baptized but we got some wicked ways he said then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So who are you going to call? I hope it's not Ghostbusters. We sing this song here at the church. 
Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. I want to hear your voice. Open my eyes, Holy Spirit. Let me see your plans. But then what do we do after hearing from God? What we do after seeing and getting revelation and vision from God? Do we say yes, Lord? Or do we make some kind of excuse? God is speaking. Can you hear him? Right now, he's speaking. Can you hear him now? I believe we need some, some more sons of Issachar. Those people that recognize what time it is. And they're not going to be distracted by the things that's going on. Yeah, we're not to ignore what's happening. They're very real things. But God is still our source. And he is giving us and showing us vision. Can you see his plan? And more importantly, can you trust him? I'm telling you, God has a track record. He can be trusted. He's never lost the case. Some of the best attorneys are really good, but they can lose the case every now and then. Can have the best doctors and patients still die. Let us not be distracted. And I'm going to leave you with this final scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. A lot of times we want to fight, but we need to make sure we're fighting the right fight. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this word today. We thank you for giving us vision and letting us know that the vision that we have needs to be accurate and correct, not fuzzy. We need to see you. We need to seek you. We need to hear from you. And after hearing from you, Lord, we need to obey you. Lord, we know change is difficult. Change is hard because it, it disrupts what we like to do. We're in a natural flow. But Lord, we need you. We need you more today than we did yesterday. We know our world is getting more wicked and more evil but you are still the only solution and so God let us look to you and get our marching orders from you and those who may be listening and they don't have a right relationship with you Lord I pray that you would speak to their hearts and let them know that you're real and that you love them, and that they need you. We ask these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, we want to thank God for his word, and we want to remind you that in addition to these Sunday broadcasts, we have weekly uh, Shabbat prayer meetings where you can attend by either Google Meets or telephone. It's on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. You can call in your prayer requests. And then on Thursdays at 7 p.m., we have Bible study. 
So once again, we want to thank you for this broadcast, and we'll see you next time. Praise the Lord. I pray that you were strengthened by the word. If this message touched you in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us online on social media. Also, please share this podcast and help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you would like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by going to our website, accalltofreedom.com, or go through Cash App. We are Freedom FMC. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you until we meet again. Amen. Amen.